Hey, Verse Chorus Versers, DL here. We are getting close to season two, and we decided that since our favorite version of the episodes last year were the listener-supported ones, that we're going to have a couple more this year. So go ahead and write us, contact at versechorusverse.com. You can DM us at our Instagram. You can go to Facebook and write us. I don't think anybody uses Facebook anymore, us included, but still... You can reach us there. You want to come on? Talk about your favorite album? Do you have that animal magnetism that will get us thousands and thousands of listeners? That's what we're looking for. Not really. You can just come on and talk. Also, Spotify now has podcast ratings. Will you give us five stars, please? And while you're at it, go to iTunes and leave us a review. We don't have very many because honestly, we don't really ever plug it. They tell us they matter. They don't tell us how or why or what or when or who. Real journalistic integrity and keeping that journalistic integrity and passing it on to you, I'm begging you, rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Oh, and download. Don't just listen. Download. Don't be a prick. You know that downloading is what matters. You're all musicians and music listeners. You know how this works. (sighs) God. All right. That's enough. What episode do we have now? Coming up on Verse Chorus Verse, what was everybody really listening to last year when they were supposed to be studying for this podcast? Let's find out. Welcome to bonus episode two of Verse Chorus Verse. I am DL and with me tonight is nobody. Awesome studio that I have really churched up. My cousin Claire Gunnerson painted me a picture of Lane, the man Staley, and it has brought my studio from a half done dive dark piece of whatever to a half done amazing, beautiful piece of art. Claire, I love you. It's amazing. Thank you so much. It is my favorite possession. Bonus episode two. For those of you that were listening to bonus episode one, you kind of know that we're on the whole end of the year Spotify rap thing. If not, I recommend going back and listening to the first episode where we talked about everybody's wrapped W-R-A-P-P-E-D from Spotify. If you don't know what that is, you should learn. We all have our opinions about Spotify, but the bottom line is there's really only one major way to listen to music right now, anything that you want at any time. And unfortunately, it's them. It's kind of the Amazon thing, you know? Do we feel good about buying from Amazon? Absolutely not. But when it's three days before Christmas and you forgot the thing for the person, and if you don't do the what with the who, then you're never going to forgive yourself. There's only one billionaire's company that's going to save you. You can think about the poor fucking workers later because at that time you really need that magnetic doohickey mcschmoo for the five-year-old who's going to play with it for two days 
and uh, Bah Humbug. There is my Ebenezer Scrooge moment about Spotify and Amazon. Sorry about that. So what we're doing tonight, tonight we are going over our Spotify playlists. So along with the Spotify wraps, what they do is they make a playlist out of the hundred songs that you listen to most this year. Now, grain of salt, once again, it's all Spotify. So if you're like Sven and I, I know Sven listens to a ton of vinyl. He listens to a new vinyl every morning. Uh, I listen to a lot of vinyl. I know Evil and Sven both listen to a lot of stuff on YouTube. And I think Sven listens to a lot of Google stuff. These hundred songs are just Spotify. So the assignment was that each of us between Rachel, Sven, Evil and I, everybody say hi. Hey, everybody. Uh, Miss you all. Can't wait. We only have... A few more weeks until we're back doing some Zoom episodes again. Pretty excited for that. It's been weird not having the weekly mess around with the kids. I haven't had to herd cats in a while. I miss them. I grew really, really close to them this year, and it seems like we're going to grow even closer because this thing's not dying. It's getting bigger and bigger. Hoorah! Anyway, we all swapped our our Spotify 100 playlists with each other. And the assignment was for Sven, Evil, and Rachel to listen to each other person's playlist only. If you want to listen to music for that day, you are only allowed to listen to that other person's music. So Rachel picks a day, and if she wants to listen to music on the 19th of December, she is only allowed to listen to Evil's playlist. What I did is I... (laughs) was originally going to do one week of each person's playlist only. The only music I could listen to was that person's playlist for a week. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I'm not saying whose taste is better. I'm just saying that I have too different of taste with one or two people on this podcast, which is a good thing, flavor variations, right? That I just couldn't do it. So I did uh, three to four days. I made it, I think, actually, no, I made it four days on all of them. So I listened to Rachel, Evil, and Sven's playlist for four days. They listened to all of them for one day. This didn't mean you had to only listen to their playlist all day. This just meant that if you were going to listen to music, you had to listen to that playlist. I listened to podcasts and other things like that. You know, there were days where I'd only listen to the playlist on a couple walks. So for like 25 minutes, half hour. And I got to say... Some parts were really painful, some real deep philosophical, anytime that you meet people with stark contrast in your musical taste, if you are a musical obsessor, you have these moments of really trying to get deep down, figuring out why that person likes this stuff and how they can, which is an understandable question. In the end, there's no accounting for taste. It just happens. Who cares? But it's still fun to bitch and talk about, right? If it wasn't, there wouldn't be podcasts. So that's what we're doing. We're talking about our playlists. Also, you know what else we have to talk about? We have to talk about Get Back. We have to talk about this amazing Beatles documentary. Bonus episode one, we talked about part one. Tonight, I'm going to talk about part two. If you are a Beatles fan, even in the slightest, if if you are a Beatles fan, and if you are just a musical fan, if you are a musician, if you are anybody, even if you don't care about the Beatles, to have such a candid view into their process at this time, it's surreal. It really is. So we're going to talk about part two at the end of the episode. For now, let's talk about what I'm drinking. So the day that I'm recording my stuff... 
for this is actually Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas Eve, everybody. I'm drinking a Pelican Brewery Heffy. I'm a big Hefeweizen fan. Scottish Ales and Hefeweizens are my two favorite styles of beer. And I was in mood for a light. It's, it's maybe not quite, uh, you know, it's maybe not quite the evening yet. Uh, probably going to feel bad if I was drinking anything more than that. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's talk about some Spotify playlists. I hope you guys are enjoying the new year. I really hope all this COVID shit gets figured out. I watched Emily Braden's concert yesterday and it was fantastic. Of course, she had expressed that she had COVID in November and you could kind of see a couple times in her face. I think she was going through a little bit of pain. I don't think that she was at 100%. I think she had even vocalized that. She had even said something to that. Not to say that it wasn't incredible. Not to say that it took anything away from the performance. The biggest thing I took away from that one is how noticeable... Her writing partner, piano player, whatever you want to call him, Misha Piatigorsky, good God, what a machine, what an amazing, if you have the chance, just find a way to see Emily Braden and Misha Piatigorsky live. So incredible. Anyway, I hope everybody's doing okay. You know, new COVID variations once a week. Are you going to jobs? Are you not? Are you wearing masks? Can you travel? Are you not? Here's your booster. Is your booster working? This is rough. This is rough shit for everybody. It's funny. I was thinking today, I was going over the finale for the hundredth time because I'm an anal psycho and just finding little things here and there that I should try to take out or add or anything like that. And Evil was talking about how his tastes had kind of changed this year just because of the you know, the shit show that has been 2020 to now. Evil and I have terrible senses of humor. His nickname is Evil for a reason. And you've listened to this podcast, so you know that I'm no better. We have very, very dark, jaded senses of humor. We take joy in certain glaring observations on the human race. I'll just say it like that. And to hear him who's just one of the most cynical people I've ever met, not in a bad way, just finding humor in things that other people don't find humor in, talking about how rough it's been. Even the darkest of minds are kind of in the, okay, this has been enough here. Uh, So, hey, everybody, I hope you're doing well, keeping it as positive as you can. I will try not to do any uh, DL Goes Dark episodes for a while, keep it a little bit light. Let you guys laugh instead of, we will avoid the joy divisions for a little bit. I'll say that. I'm going to take a sip of my Heffy. We're going to take a break and then we're going to get to these playlists. All righty. We are back. Let's get into these Spotify playlists. Hey, Rachel, what do you got for me? Hey guys, it's Rachel. It's my turn now to talk about the wrapped 2021 Spotify playlists of my three best friends. So let's get to it. Let me just tell you, first of all, how I started listening to these. As you guys know, I am a very active listener. I like to sit down with the music. I like to look up the lyrics. I like to know who the members of the band are, what instruments they play, what bands they were in before. But goddamn, I'm not going to do that for the eight hours of everybody's playlists. <laughs> that is just a lot of work. And I'm supposed to be on vacation, right, David? So this go round, I finally, for the first time in a long time, listened to stuff 
a little passively. I listened to it while I was working out, while I was driving, while I was cleaning my house, while I was cooking dinner. It was just background music. In that way, I kind of just got a vibe, just kind of like a feeling of what each person's playlist was about. First, of course, as we always like to, what am I drinking? Water. Why? Because I'm a little parched and it's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and I have a child to take care of. First, I listened to Evils. Why? I love Evil. Such a good man. Such a smart man. Do we have the same taste in music? We do not. I don't know whatever would happen if we were in the car together because who's going to pick the music? I don't know. (laughs) What did Evil have on his playlist? Jesus Christ, Unearth four days. This was everything I expected. I expected some really angry metal. I expected to really want to just lift some kettlebells, deadlift, clean press, all of the words that come with lifting heavy weights and just drinking lots of protein afterwards. This music for me goes really well with cleaning. I really did enjoy listening to a good portion of it while I was straightening out my house, while I was vacuuming. It had the same effect as I would assume cocaine would. It really got me going and I really appreciated that about his list. There were a couple fun surprises in there, like Van Halen. Who knew that Evil liked Van Halen? But good Lord, was there a lot of it? Yeah, yeah, there was. There was a good amount of Van Halen on here. It was a nice break from having some metal to some good rock and roll on there. There was some Joe Cocker, which I was super, super into. And of course, because we did the Rolling Stones a while back, there was a lot of stuff from Sticky Fingers on there. That broke up the heavy metal added a little rock in there. Dad Vibes. I love that Dad Vibes was on Evil's playlist. Also some Drake. (laughs) Champagne Poetry. I am so sorry that this is on this list. If anyone is listening to Evil's song list, click on those three little dots to the side. Delete it. I don't know how many times Evil had to listen to it to get it on this list, but it was too many times. I know that Evil really, really enjoyed listening to Gorillaz. He was super, super excited about everything that that band encompasses. I guess I kind of forgot about Gorillaz, but not surprised to see that on there. There were a couple hints of stuff that we did on the podcast. I was super into it. Actually was not as, I don't know, what would you call it? I wasn't disappointed at all. It was what I expected, but I enjoyed it a ton more than I thought I would. Good job, Evil. It was not bad. Maybe we can take turns in the car picking songs. Next, I listen to David's um, because David is <laughs> the next person down on the list of people that I would have similar tasty music with that I would super, super enjoy. However, when I listened to David's list, I looked at it and thought, this is everything that was already on the podcast this year. What does David do for fun in his spare time? If you're curious, he thinks of more things to put on the podcast and he edits stuff. <laughs> That's what he does in his spare time. He works in his spare time. The man doesn't know how to relax at all. There was stuff that I know that David loves. There was some Big Black Delta. That was for the podcast. There was some Mogwai. That was for the podcast. (laughs) There was some Tyler, the creator. Was that on the podcast? I think it was. Paris, Texas. Super excited to see Paris, Texas on here. There were a couple things where were they for the podcast? Did David listen to them originally for the podcast? Yes. But does he still love them and would he listen to them if he took time to sit down and relax in a day-to-day? Yes. There was also some Crash Test Dummies, which I don't know if that was covered. 
I don't think that an album or a particular song, anything was dissected. So no, he loves Crash Test Dummies. Nice to see that on there. There are a couple things on here that were probably songs for jogging. Just a little sad that Dave doesn't take time to kick up his feet a little bit more. There was a lot of stuff uh, that Sven gave him. It wasn't so much like Evil's in that there was a really good variety of different artists, different genres on there. Fuck, I wish I knew how to edit that out. I love you so much. Okay, in that way, there was a good variety on there. There was Korn, there was Foo Fighters, there was, well, there was shitty Foo Fighters because it was Medicine at Midnight, let's be honest. But I came into listening to both David's and Evil's thinking that I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I did. But Jesus, these guys just have really good taste in music. Don't tell them I said that. It was enjoyable. It was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it would. Lots of variety into it. There was some Taylor Swift on there, right? That made me happy to see Taylor Swift on there a couple times means that I influenced a little bit. And of course, one Blackpink song. Love it, love it, love it. Let's move to my good friend, Sven. Sven, I love you so much. I messaged Sven. I just sent him a message and said, Sven, spoiler alert, really enjoying your playlist. Super into it. And he said, thanks, buddy. Here's the thing. When I was listening to your playlist, I thought I was listening to my playlist until Blackpink came on. So me and Sven, same person, add some black pink, and then you have me. Let's talk about what Sven had on his list. His list, unlike David's and unlike, no, just unlike David's, I guess, it wasn't so podcast centric. I was a little sad listening to David's because did we really get to look into David's soul with this one? No, it was just a little bit of what he does for work, what he does for the podcast. Sven's, to me, seemed about, I don't know. 30, 60, probably, which is only 90%. So 33, 66, plus that one other percent. There's a lot of stuff on here that Sven does for his job outside of the podcast. Christian rock, Christian pop on here, which was a little refreshing. And there was a lot of stuff from the podcast on there. But there was so much good regular ass pop that I just love. There was a lot more. And I know that Sven has mentioned his love for country before. There was a lot more country than I expected to see on here, and it kind of was nice. Again, the diversity in Sven's taste. There's so much different stuff on here. Margaritaville, that's probably not for work, but that was on there. Love that. Sven has a very diverse palette, which I'm super into. There's different genres within pop. You know, there's popular country, there's popular pop. I wasn't listening to the same album, the same artist repeatedly. There wasn't really a lot of repetition within artists even. There was a lot, I guess there was a bit of Zach Brown band. And there was this other guy called Sven Knutson, which was on there multiple times, which was very refreshing. I loved listening to my good friend Sven sing a couple times. But being on your own playlist, Sven, how many times did you listen to that? So yeah, really, really enjoyed Sven's. I'm glad I saved it for last. Love you. There you go. Those are my opinions about the rap playlists of these three awesome guys. And me, Jesus, I need to, I need to mix it up. Hopefully this next year will show a little bit more than pop and <laughs> workout playlists that I play repeatedly, repeatedly every day. That was a little embarrassing seeing some of that stuff on there. Thank you and good night. Oh, that Rachel. Always something to, I don't know. Rachel's 
Top 100 playlist. I mean, no surprises here, right? That it wasn't my favorite playlist in the world. You heard her talk about it, so I assume that she's going to tell you that it was basically Blackpink or Blackpink adjacent to Still From Evil in the finale. Basically the entire fucking album. It's K-pop, it's pop rap, and it's top 40. The first song that played, though, which is really funny, the very first song that played for me on the playlist is Lean Back, the Fat Joe song from like 2002 or whatever it is. That was hilarious. I'm not a Fat Joe fan, but that's a good song. I remember that came back and that was when that came out and that was fun. You know, I didn't like that whole posse, Ja Rule and Fat Joe. I did kind of like Lil' Kim, which Lil' Kim was on this too. It was this weird... G-rated censored version of another song that came out back in like 2000. I forgot what the song's name was, but I do. I love that Lil' Kim song. It was weird to hear a new version. I guess she was so, you know, she was so triple X-rated back in the day that I guess they had to do what they had to do. So yeah, there was some cool like early 2000s hip-hop on there that I liked. The second song, though, that came on on the playlist was Justin Bieber, which... Anybody that heard the finale heard her talk mad shit about and how untalented he is. Rachel, he is pretty high up on your playlist. So I don't know what you're talking there. After that, there was a lot of blank space was the next, you know, Taylor Swift. I've talked more this year about the album 1989 than I could have ever imagined I would talk about in my life. And I'm not going to keep going on it. You know my thoughts and hers and theirs in ours. There was a lot of contemporary country, which shouldn't surprise you with the Casey Musgraves love that she gives and all that. It's just very specific exact stuff, except the odd slow country song. This was my introduction to the Pretty Reckless. I'd never heard a Pretty Reckless song until Rachel's playlist. So there's that. She introduced me to Pretty Reckless, which I need to get into this year because of all the, you know, the Soundgarden stuff that Evil had talked about in the finale. (laughs) And then there were some really, really weird ones. There were like, there was a couple high school musical songs, like some Zac Efron on there who I thought Zac Efron was a fucking actor. I didn't know he was a, he was a singer. <laughs> Never mind. And honestly, I don't have that much to say about this. Rachel, you are definitely a white woman in your thirties and due to you being that and I being what I am, our musical tastes are probably just never going to align all that well. And that's okay. I don't remember which president it was that said, if you are an intelligent person, you surround yourself with people that disagree with you vehemently. And this will make you wiser. I am a really, really smart guy for keeping people around me that disagree with me so much on so many things. Good job, Rachel. Let's get to our next victim. Hey everybody, this is Evil Jimmy back again, bringing you some intermission content to keep you guys engaged while we're on a break here during the holidays. We're going to continue, I guess, today with the 2021 Spotify Wrapped theme. Last time I talked about my Spotify Wrapped for 2021, lots of Van Halen, lots of Unearth. 
some uh, you know podcast gems and whatnot. Today I'm going to be talking about and reacting to the 2021 Spotify wrapped top 100 songs for my teammates, the rest of the podcast crew. So this will be fun. Before we get into that, of course, talk about the most important thing of the session, and that is what am I drinking? And I'm recording this on New Year's morning, January 1st, 2022. So you guys get to hear about my boozy coffee. I call it my weekend coffee, which has just turned into my everyday coffee over the holiday break. Uh, maybe not every day, but anyway. So I brew pour over with a Chemex. If you're uh, into coffee, you'll know what that is. I guess my formula would be roughly two measuring cups of brewed coffee. I put in two full ounces of heavy whipping cream. It's my diesel fuel for the day. I don't eat breakfast and rarely do I eat lunch and that uh, the fat from that allows me to get through the day until I actually have a meal. So two ounces of cream, two cups of coffee, and then for the weekend coffee, I add some simple syrup and some brandy. Uh, I think I have like Corbel brandy right now. I'll switch it up. Sometimes I put it in rum and I'll do anywhere from an ounce to two ounces depending on the day. Today, roughly about an ounce and a half. It's very delicious. It's like an adult milkshake. So that is what we're drinking today. Let's get into these Spotify rap playlists. I'm going to start with my fuh buddy Sven who I recently got to meet in person. Uh, so if you guys listen to our end of the year double episode. Uh, we recorded that live here in Boise and I got to meet Sven and Rachel in person for the first time. And that was awesome. Uh, we went out to dinner, had some drinks, recorded the podcast and had a good time. So let's talk about Sven's top 100 Spotify rap 2021 playlist. So Sven does audio and video production for uh, a church here in the, the great city of trees, Boise, Idaho. And that is reflected heavily in his top 100 Spotify playlist. There is a bunch of what I guess you'd call like worship music or Christian rock, religious themed music in there. And the thing is, I didn't really notice that right out of the gate because it's like some of the music, the production and stuff, it just kind of sounds like modern pop rock music. So I, uh, I started playing this fun game that was guess if this is worship music or not without Googling the song. I wasn't really familiar with any of this stuff. So I was like, hey, let's, let's just keep a little notepad to the side and hey, I'm gonna play a game as I'm listening to these songs. I'm talking about some of the tracks that were fun. There was a Mute Math track. I hadn't listened to Mute Math in quite a while. So that was pretty cool to see in there. Uh, a lot of current year pop music, you know, Dua Lipa, Olivia Rodrigo, Monoskin, Billie Eilish, The Weeknd, stuff that it's not my regular fare, but I kind of enjoy. I like these artists, even though I'm more of the rock metal purist of the group. Rachel and Sven in particular listen to way more pop music, I think, than I do. And that's good for me to change it up. Uh, there was one track on Sven's playlist that caught me off guard and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And it was really refreshing and, and cool to hear. And that's one of his own tracks. It was a track called Fly. There were a few of his own tracks in his playlist as you know, I would imagine them to be. Uh, if you don't know, Sven is a musician and pretty accomplished at that. He plays tons of instruments and does production and is good at what he does. He does all, all of our video promos that you see on Instagram and 
across the social media. The guy's a talented guy. And this track, Fly, was so awesome to hear. The entire first half is kind of an acoustic, folksy, beatly. Maybe he's got some vocal harmonies, maybe some Crosby, Stills, and Nash sort of feel to it. And then out of nowhere, this descending electric guitar lick that just literally soars. It's like soaring triumphantly. Song is called Fly, and this is, it just like hits so cool. I am a sucker for awesome electric guitar. And that rift was like, what is going on? Sven, man, he was my fa buddy before, but now his stock is rising in evil jimmy world that riff dropped into this like fluttery guitar run kind of like then kind of went into a reprise of the vocals from the the first half that folksy first half it was really really cool to hear that so good job spent let's move on to rachel so i'm obviously the rock and metal head of the group rachel to create a dichotomy with that is the pop and hip-hop head of the group and in listening to her top 100 i'm like Taylor Swift and Blackpink are to Rachel's 2021 Spotify rap list as to what Van Halen and Unearth are to mine. Those two artists made up a lot of her tracks in that top 100, which was kind of interesting. The question is, you know, I can listen to pop. I can listen to stuff and I can groove with it. It's not what I would listen to or like choose to listen to regularly on my own, but I, I can rock that stuff here and there. Uh, it's interesting to listen to new music. What I'm curious to hear is Rachel's take on my playlist. Because the Van Halen, probably a bit more accessible, but I want to hear what she has to say about Unearth because that's kind of a hard sell to some people. So am I more open-minded than Rachel or is she able to, to rock the Unearth? I'm curious to hear that. There was some podcast stuff in her list that I recognize that probably isn't her regular fare, The Stones. Joy Division, Halsey, and also some of the pop stuff that we saw in Sven's list, like Olivia Rodrigo and Dua Lipa, The Weeknd, um, which was fun to hear. I actually kind of enjoy that stuff a bit. Childish Gambino was good to hear, MIA's Paper Planes, and then a couple of things caught me off guard, and just as Sven's stock is on the rise, so is Rachel's. There was a pretty reckless track in there, Make Me Wanna Die. And the one that really got me, because it's so off the wall and obscure, is American Hi-Fi's Flavor of the Week. I love that song. It's so fun. And I hadn't listened to it for years. So I was kind of rocking out when that came on. It caught me, caught me off guard. Not quite as much as Sven's Fly track, but it still was like, all right, there is hope. Maybe we can turn her to the dark side. So moving on to the final of the three, and that's DL's. Once again, more podcast stuff that I recognize, probably the most of the group, The Stones, Foo Fighters for sure, lots of the Medicine at Midnight tracks in there, Rubble Bucket from the episode where he and Sven went over that, Jacob Collier, which that was a super interesting listen. That music is out there, man. That's one of the artists from the podcasts uh, that I didn't uh, participate in that I really was like whoa what is happening here this is super interesting I want to dive deeper into that so those of the three DL's tastes in mind probably have the most overlap it was good to see bands like Muse on there and Mog the Mogwai album from the year which was awesome 
Idols. That's another one that he introduced me to this year. That was good to see tracks from them. And then, of course, uh, he's in like the top percent of Crash Test Dummies listeners for Spotify. So that was fun to see on there, too. Uh, that fucking killer song, West Hills, it makes me want to stab out my eardrums with ice picks and then like immediately listen to it again because it, for some reason, compels me to want to hate it even more. I don't know. There's something about that track that is... I hate, but it's still so interesting. Gojira, the Born for One Thing track. I love Gojira. And, of course, when Van Halen's Running with the Devil came on, I was uh, feeling pretty happy. But, as with Sven's Fly, as with American Hi-Fi in Rachel's playlist, a couple of things, of course, solidified why I like doing this podcast with these people. And that was the dominance of Royal Blood's Typhoons and Moontooth's Crux in his playlist. Two amazing albums from amazing bands. So I was really happy to see those in the list. And it made this playlist super enjoyable for me to just kind of rock out to for a while. I did something actually kind of interesting with all three of these playlists. Is I would listen to them in the playlist's pre-programmed order. And then I'd hit them on shuffle. And then at some point, I would just kind of let the playlist kick over into Spotify's generated radio from the playlist. With DLs, the first 10 songs after the playlist was super enjoyable for me. It was a mix of bands I've never heard of before, but now really want to check out. And some stuff that it just is like my music. So I don't know how much of Spotify's programmed algorithm pulls from your own liked songs from your Spotify account when playing these playlists, but man, they hit hit it out of the park with this one. Let me just go over these songs. The Damn Things, the band is called Cells. Never heard it before, it was awesome. And number two, also one I'm not familiar with, it was Cave Song by the band Pretty Vicious. Uh, number three was Waiting Room by Fugazi, which was, if you don't know Fugazi, you need to listen to more music. Number four, another unknown to me, it was the track Dean Town by Volpeck. Number five, it's the Nuge Stranglehold. If you don't like Stranglehold, if you don't like that guitar, regardless of what you think about the Nuge and his wild man antics and politics, if you don't like his guitar playing, we can't be friends. I was out shoveling snow listening to Stranglehold and it made my day. Number six is The Drake by Cleopatric, another great band. Number seven is Trainwreck 1979, the Mulder mix by the band Death From Above 1979. Interesting fact, those two bands I actually discovered doing a very similar thing. Just letting, at the time, I think it was Google Play, it might have been Pandora, but just letting an algorithm radio pick music for me probably generated off of like Royal Blood or something like that. And that's how I found those two bands, Cleopatra and Death From Above 1979. So it's interesting to see those two bands in this post-wrapped 100 generated algorithmic whatever from DL's list. Number eight was the track 19 from, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Rob Araujo, jazz, soul, pianist guy who's phenomenal. So that was cool to see in there. Track number nine is Summon the Fire by The Comet Is Coming. Not familiar to me. Uh, and number 10 is The Hardest Cut by the band Spoon. Spoon is a band that I've heard of, not super familiar with, but it was a good listen. And I lied to you. I'm going to give you one more 
track 11 was Wolf Mother's Woman. So that was a great way to end things and cut it off. Uh, I love that track. So that was fun. I think moving forward, I'm going to try to do some more of the, the algorithm, throw me new things, and maybe try using these playlists to do that. Because like I said, I found some really cool stuff, especially with the DLs, the 10 after. Looking forward to seeing everybody and hearing from you guys in the new year. We will be back soon. I think we've got a couple more of these interim episodes and we'll be back at it full time. So thanks again. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love you guys and uh, happy new year. Let's talk evils playlist. I don't think there were really a lot of surprises on here. I would say out of Sven's Rachel's and evils, this bugged me the least. You know, what's weird is Sven's playlist didn't really bug me. Uh, I expected it to when I saw what was on it, but it didn't. It definitely wasn't what I'd listened to, but you know, I got through it and we were okay. But Evil's playlist, oh boy, Evil. This was about as unsurprising as could be humanly possible. Although it was really awesome to start my first day, first morning, got up, got in the truck, turned it on, started to head to work. And the first song that I blast when I put Evil's playlist on shuffle is Hip to be Square. I mean, that's hilarious. And I immediately just picture when and where Evil's listening to Hip to be Square and imagining that it's probably pretty frequently. And that's awesome. The next song that came on was Halsey, The Tradition, which we talked about a lot this year, all Rachel, Evil, and I being really impressed with that. Uh, so it was kind of a cool, it was a really good start. And then the third song that turned on, and this was all in that one first car ride with Evil's playlist, was God Breathed by Kanye. We talked a lot about Donda and how disappointed we were in it this year, but God Breathed was actually my favorite song on the album. Uh, one of the only ones that I actually really liked, and I didn't even love it. It's just got really, really good aspects to it. Evil apparently agreed because he listened to it enough to be on this list. Everything on this list is not what that person was listening to all the time. It was very obvious which ones on these lists were for research and which ones weren't. And I'd imagine that once they got down to songs, top 100 songs, that a lot of these were played twice or three times. After that, when I, you know, continued to listen to this playlist, I started to get a lot more into what I expected, uh, which was basically every other song that came on was Unearth. Oh, Unearth. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about Unearth over the next few seasons because Evil, it's, it's Evil's favorite band. There is a lot of great about Unearth, naturally. Um, and I, I can see Evil listening to this music a ton because he works out so much. Because my immediate thought was, how the fuck does Evil listen to this all day? Like, I would go insane. But then I remembered, no, he just works out like fucking two hours a day because he's a psychopath with nothing else to do. That latter part isn't true. I'm just being a dick. But that was my first thought is, how the hell is he doing this? He, how is he doing this? But he just works out a lot. Unearth is, is great. Great guitar. Great everything. I think my biggest problem with the screaming songs, the donation of the lost, that sort of thing, is these beautiful guitar melodies, wonderful drums, but he is screaming 
the whole time. And it's not an inflectuation singing. It's powerful and it's, and it's thought through. But when you scream like that in these songs, to me, it's taking away an entire instrument. They could have these vocal, in my mind, because I just got turned on to them last year, I think Gojira. Gojira has these heavy songs that are boasted and even more powerful because they have these beautiful harmonies going in and out. And there is, you know, there is some roaring and there is some screaming and some throat stuff. But that's my big problem I think I have with Unearth is I listen to a song like Tradition of the Lost and I think, God, if he was singing notes... Maybe just a couple harmonies don't even need harmonies. If you're singing notes, to me, it would just add so much more to the song. And when you get to this point where it's just these these battle guitars and the scream through every note, I want to go all out. I want it to be super exaggerated. I want, you know, Sword, who was also on Evil's Top 100. I want stuff like that. I want this embellished... You know, I want b- Sabaton, you know, I want Prima Vittoria, that sort of shit going. I want these super, super, yes, you know, it's cheesy, but I love it because of that. And I think that's why I have never and probably never will get fully into bands like Unearth. I don't know if it's taking itself too seriously or what. I shouldn't, I, I can't keep talking about this. I don't want to make a big thing because Evil's not here to defend it, and he should be because I'm sure that he has really great points against it. So I'm not going to keep going. There were certain things that stood out. He did have the Billie Eilish stuff played a lot. I could tell that he's into the Billie Eilish. I know he has some younger kids in his house. So that's probably one of those things that, hey, I can turn that on and everybody's going to rock out to it. And that's cool. I'll tell you what was amazing. And I remember the exact moment that it came on while I was on my play. I was on a walk at work. I go on three walks a day to just reset my brain. And on my middle walk of the day, Let Me Down by Soundgarden came on. And holy fuck, I did not realize how much of a Soundgarden hankering I have. Soundgarden is one of my favorite bands, and I I listen to them a lot. But I haven't listened to them in at least a year, probably because of the podcast. Let Me Drown came on, which is the starting song for Super Unknown. And... We will talk about this in the podcast someday, but there are bands that just know how to start an album. Track one, side ones of certain bands are just, they just have me. I'm bought for the whole album because of the first three seconds. When Let Me Drown starts that, it's already, that's five seconds and I'm I'm in. I'm all the way in. So thank you for having that on your playlist, Evil. We are going to have to talk about Soundgarden sooner or later, and not just uh, because of the Pretty Reckless like we did in the finale. There was some cool stuff on there. Rock Bottom by UFO. I'd never heard that. I didn't look at the dates. I'm assuming that that had something to do with our 69 studies. I don't remember if he brought it up or not. It just feels like a 1969 song, but I haven't even, you know, looked at it. So I could be totally wrong. And it was a good playlist. I had a lot of fun listening to Evil's playlist. I really did, which that's not a huge shocker. Evil and I have a lot of musical common ground. We really do. Uh, He just goes more towards the heavy metal and I go a little bit more towards the post-punk. I think that's our only difference. 
couple other things. Big Time came on by Peter Gabriel, which made me really happy. Um, but I can't really talk about that right now as much as I'd want to. No spoilers for season two. <laughs> but yeah, good playlist, Evil. No big surprises. Some really fun stuff. I had a fun time listening to that for the few days that I listened to it. Well done. Sven. What you got, bro? What's up, VCVers? It's Svend here today to comment a whole bunch of shit about other people's shit. No, um, I'm here today to chat about everyone's wrapped. You got to hear me talk about all of mine. This is going to be kind of cool to see what's up with racial and evil and DL's Spotify raps. Um... First off, I'm sitting here drinking a couple of these War Child India Pale Ales from Georgetown Brewing, Seattle. They also brew a Bata Zafa uh, IPA, which is pretty awesome, and uh, was on my way to pick up one of those and saw this sitting next to it, so thought I'd try it, and it's pretty good. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah, let's get going on some Spotify wrapped shizzle. Rachel. Wow. So I was listening to, first of all, I guess like playlist, there's a couple times where I accidentally mixed up like some playlist listenings. And, uh, there's, there's actually a few times I thought I was listening to like one of my playlists because I think we had a lot of similarities, but a black pink song would come on and then I'd remember like, Oh yeah. Listening to Rachel. So the opening credits for your Spotify rap story uh, was Whistle, Blackpink. Huge surprise there. Song playing as you defeat the ancient vengeful spirit. Make me want to die pretty reckless. That's a fucking awesome song. Their drums always are really, really punchy. Almost too punchy. But I like it. The song plays as you proclaim your love in the rain. This love, T-Swift. That makes a lot of sense, too. You spent 12,047 minutes listening to music. Come on, Rachel. That's it? I logged 32,000-something. You got 12. But still 62% more than other listeners, so good job, I guess. Top song of the year was Whistle by Blackpink. Playing with Fire, both Blackpink. So number three, you got Childish Gambino. Uh, awesome. I feel like your number three, four, and five are all on, I don't know if anyone made them on my Spotify top songs, but they're all on playlists that I listen to. Uh, so number four would have been Cry Baby, Megan the Stallion, and Juicy Doja Cat at your number five top song. That's top genres, dance pop. Hey, yeah, we're like the two. With dance pop and then K-pop sliding at number two. I think I'm going to get more into K-pop in 2022. I have no interesting comments. <laughs> Top podcast was verse, course, verse. Hey, that's two of us. And hopefully a lot, a lot of more. Thank you, everybody that listens. Top artists were Blackpink, Taylor Swift, Megan the Stallion, Joy Division, yeah, that one. <laughs> that 
that's a, he sticks out like a freaking sore thumb on this list. Halsey at number five. So yeah, <laughs> Blackpink, Taylor Swift, Megan Thee Stallion, Halsey. And then you got like Joy Division right in the middle there. That's awesome. Who's next? Uh, Evil. 8,485 minutes listening. So we're going with it. Like, honestly, you could just leave your Spotify account on a bunch of places and that metric would be way off. I'm just saying that could happen to some people. Top song of the year was Incinerate by Unearth. My will be done, Unearth. Trouble's coming. Royal Blood. Hey. Um, Royal Blood's actually one that came onto my radar all because of this last season. And that's awesome. Number four, Watch It Burn, Unearth. I'm the one 2015 remaster of Van Halen's classic. No surprises there. I'm actually sort of surprised that there wasn't a Van Halen higher up on the list. Evil. Um, Unearth makes all the sense in the world. So the artist you binge listened to the most was Joe Cocker. Nice. Nice. I totally dig some Joe Cocker. Top podcast was verse, chorus, and verse. Wouldn't it be terrible if if one of us had a top podcast that wasn't verse, chorus, verse? DL here. How embarrassing. You listened to 585 different artists, but things got pretty serious with... You guessed it, Unearthed. So your top artist, Unearthed, Van Halen. There it is. Joe Cocker at number three, Royal Blood, number four, Rolling Stones, number five. I know everyone else is going to read the same list, but I'm doing it too. And I freaking always dig the amount of research and the amount of info that you bring on on episodes. Also, Evil, thank you so much for your playlist. Your playlist was like a nice refreshing break from... Lots of stuff. But seriously, it was like awesome drive around music too. I'd throw on Evil's top like 2021. Especially, it's been snowing the last few days. I had to take the kids up sledding. So there's there's nothing like driving up like crazy mountain road covered in snow and ice. Sliding around everywhere, listening to some unearthed. DL. Opening credits. <laughs> some Jacob Collier. Wow. That one sort of surprises me. I mean, it shouldn't, but it sort of does. Count the People featuring Jesse Reyes, T-Pain. This is a, yeah, awesome album, awesome song. You're speaking my language there, man. The song playing as you defeat the ancient vengeful spirit. Never fight a man with a perm. <laughs> Idols. That was a fun episode. And Idols is... Yeah, it's still a fun, interesting band. <laughs> you spent 35,490 minutes listening, you crazy SOB. <laughs> Who the hell listens to that much shit? That's more than 86% of other listeners in the United States. And I believe every minute of that. That's freaking crazy. So see, people, there's someone more crazy than me. Your top song of the year, 
Either You Want It by Royal Blood. Uh, your top songs. Look at this. You couldn't fit the whole album, but Either You Want It, Royal Blood. Number two, Boilermaker, Royal Blood. Uh, number three, Typhoons, Royal Blood. Number four, Walking and Running, Royal... Oh, no! Modest Mouse. Number five, hold on, Royal Blood. <laughs> Sorry, I had to breathe. Modest Mouse sneaking in at number four. Anyway, your top podcast was the Bill Simmons Podcast. Congratulations, Bill Simmons. So are you, the Ryan Russo Podcast. Both of you uh, got the number one and two top podcasts on David's top five list. Uh, with number three, the humble verse, chorus, verse. Listen to 568 different artists. Things got pretty serious with the foo, dude. Uh, that sort of surprises me, but not really. Uh, in the end, I understand that. We did talk about them for two episodes. So then there's Royal Blood. I kind of thought Royal Blood was going to take the number one spot, but Royal Blood. Then Crash Test Dummies in at number three. Muse, number four. And then Jacob Collier. That's pretty freaking amazing. I absolutely love your list. Yeah, I'm stoked to see what my list looks like next year. I think we'll have a little more <laughs> of a better representation of what I actually really would listen to. This is pretty awesome. I um, really love chatting all this music with you guys. No huge shockers. Deal. This is going to be fun for you, Dave. Edit a bunch of this shit. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's Spotify wrapped. It's been really, really awesome getting to chat with these three amazing people that share this uh, incredible space in your ears once a week. Will we ever quit? Don't think so. So we'll see you next week. Sven's playlist. As I kind of stated in the thing I did for Evil's playlist, I did not mind this as much as I thought I was going to when I saw what was on it. It's a lot of Christian. I'm just not, I'm not into Christian. I think most of it's pretty boring. And, and honestly, I'm not Christian. So it doesn't speak to me the way that it will speak to Christians. And there's nothing wrong with that. I should hope there's nothing wrong with that. If there is, you might want to do some soul searching. But that's not, I'm not an anti-Christian. I'm not anti, sing your songs about God. It's awesome. And you can tell by the people in the crowds that are, you know, crying and raising their hands and shit that, man, do they ever feel it. First song that came on on this playlist for me was Blinded by the Light by The Weeknd, which I love. That's one of the best pop songs that's come out in a long time for me. Uh, it's got such an old school Michael Jackson feel. For a long time, I thought that The Weeknd, or maybe it was Bruno Mars. I can't remember which one. That I really just felt every song that was coming out, I was like, oh, this is just Michael Jackson. This is 1970 to 80s Michael Jackson and all you know music producers had figured hey these young kids aren't really listening to Michael Jackson anymore so let's just basically re-come out with those songs with a different person nobody'll notice 
But the stuff off of this same album, I think, and there was one song too off the same album in Rachel's playlist that I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the song. Save Your Tears. The song is Save Your Tears off of that same Weekend album. And it has this very cool synthwave, chill, early Michael thing going on. Uh, Really dig it. I need to get that album and listen to it because I think I might really like it. Great first song to start out with from Svenjikins. I had not heard so many of the artists on his Spotify list. So many. One of the ones that I hadn't heard that we talked a lot about in the finale, and, and I think we're going to touch on a couple times this year because Sven, is, I didn't realize that he's such a big fan, is the Zach Brown band. A couple songs from Zach Brown came on. I'll tell you, my daughter loved it. My daughter loves the Zach Brown stuff. And it's, I mean, it's fine. I need to listen to more Zach Brown. Sven and Evil had told me to listen to, apparently they had done some stuff with Chris Cornell, which that's cheating. Of course I'm going to like that. That doesn't count. That's not Zach Brown band. That's Chris Cornell with a some good session artists. It's the first time that I ever had put two and two together about the whole, the chicken fried song. It's a, it's a great song. It's catchy as shit. My daughter's singing along to it. It's fun. It's got a great message. You know, in the end, it's got the whole typical country. If you ain't Jesus in America, then you ain't nothing. But some songs like that belong in there. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I am ex-military. I'm not, it's not like I'm anti-American. It's the cliche of because it's a country song, you got to say something about the stars and stripes and bring our troops home. That song would have been really nice without that cliche in it. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if I should be saying any of this right now. Uh, Oh, well, I got to be honest. I didn't know so many people on this playlist. I did like the whole, like the thousand foot crutch stuff was pretty good. The David Dunn is just this. This is the one place where I think Sven and I frequently differ is I think he probably sees a song like that as a pinnacle of production, like perfect production, because it is, it is a perfect song. But I, when I hear that, I hear very overproduced, which turns it into this. It just sounds so fake to me. And that's just a difference of opinion. I can't really add much more to this. The one thing that I was not a fan of on this uh, playlist of his, Blake Shelton. It's like the new Jimmy Buffett is what it sounds like. And I don't like it. I didn't like Jimmy Buffett. It's just annoying to me. It's it's Lord Solar Power feel. Super rich, white. Why don't you just hang out on the beach all day? That's why you're not happy. Well, because, you know, 99% of people can't fucking do that, bro. Yeah, I do not like the Blake Shelton shit at all. But, you know, just me. Overall, though, I thought it was going to bug me. It didn't bug me. I played it a good amount because I knew it was going to be fine with my kid around. She was into it. Not too bad, Svenji. I am a little bit disappointed in the lack of variety because it's very, very pop and Christian. Sven, I miss... Where's the rage? Where's the nirvana? Where's the muse? Have you just completely lost your rock soul? That's the only thing that I'm I'm just worried about you, Sven. I'm just worried that you've gotten so lost in the production that you forgot your rock roots. There wasn't really a lot of jazz on there either. So we may need to have a couple discussions. But no, I think honestly, Sven is probably just listening to stuff on a lot more platforms than Spotify. 
and I know that he listens to a lot of vinyl. That's it. I let the other people talk about my playlist. I'm not going to do it. We'll just hear what they have to say. My playlist is very much revolved around the research from this year, with the exception of seven of the top 10 songs being Royal Blood, because I just listened to that album so much this year. I really liked what Sven said. At the end of the finale, Sven picked his number one song is Making a Fire by the Foo Fighters, and Medicine at Midnight might have been his number one. One, maybe number one or number two. The whole year I had ridden his ass about how much he loved Medicine at Midnight because it's just not a good album. And I really honestly believe that most rockers that love Foo Fighters agree with that. Most. Not all. Until I heard Sven explain it, where he basically said, look, this year sucked. I didn't want it somebody's life story. I didn't want to feel the heartache and stuff. I wanted to dance and I got a dancing Foo Fighter album. It totally clicked when he said that. It's like, of course, that's a perfect Sven album. So I get it, man. I do. It took me a while to come around because I'm a pain in the ass, but I get it. And with that, I think we're done. Hey, Let's talk Get Back Part 2. Starts getting good, doesn't it? God damn, I like this documentary. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. You can not like the Beatles. You're weird, but that's fine. But this documentary is just so awesome. To see one of the greatest bands of all time creating, it's just really cool. And I'm not going to spend too much time on it this go around. It's a lot of the same as the first time. One of the things that really gets me is just how hard they work. I don't know what I was expecting, but what I wasn't expecting was for it to be a come in at 10, play until seven sort of thing. But man, they just work at it and work and work and work. And there's still this eeriness that Sven and I's bands that we've been in, I'm not at all comparing ourselves to the Beatles or anything like that. All I'm saying is that the creative process is so fucking similar. And it blows my mind to see them going through these same exact things that I've gone through trying to write with a band a million times. And seeing a song slowly get there and all of a sudden, you know, when uh, they're dinking around with Hey Jude, they just can't find it. And it's because they're tired. It's just out of this groove. And then two days later, you kind of given up, you quit on it and all of a sudden you play it and it's fantastic they're playing get back and they're doing well they are struggling with it a bit they're just missing something and then billy preston shows up and it just breathes this whole entire new life into the group it's just awesome stuff to see especially man that part where billy preston comes in and starts playing it's just such a mood changer there's the weird conversation if you haven't seen it, they hid like a fucking tape recorder inside a planter in where you go off to have lunch so you could overhear John and Paul talking. It's really, it's not very cool, actually. And there is this bit of voyeurism feel when you're watching it. Like, this is creepy. I shouldn't be hearing this conversation. It's after George had quit, because during this period, if you don't know this about this period of the Beatles, George went and quit for like four days. He quote-unquote quit. I really think he just wanted to go... I think he got invited to Eric Clapton's and he went there for like four days. And supposedly that's where he wrote, which one would it have been? Maybe something? That's the urban legend. 
But he came back like it was nothing because these people, they'd worked so closely together for so long. That's what you do in bands. You break up, you get back together, you're sick of each other's shit. So you disappear for a couple months. You come, everybody in a band has been through that. But the talk is about John and Paul kind of very nonchalantly calling each other out on their shit. You know, John telling Paul that you get to where there are times when nobody can say anything about these songs. You want it done exactly how you want it done. And that's part of being a songwriter. Songwriters suck. We're assholes. We really are. And I think anybody that writes songs can kind of agree with me on that. I have a certain vision for stuff that I write. And it's probably not even the best vision, but it's mine. So if somebody's playing a part that I didn't picture, and I'm that's not what I've... Songwriters just suck, and Paul is just such a driven, endeavored personality. It's got to be really hard dealing with other brilliant writers and trying to see their side of it, but the second part of the Get Back was really, really fun. When they're playing Dig a Pony, that's just such good stuff. It's just so good to watch. I've always loved that song, but it's never been one of my favorites, but watching them bring it to fruition might have helped it. Putting the newspaper in the piano, I can't believe I'd never thought of doing that. There's a section where they put newspaper in the piano to kind of make it a little tinnier, give it that little, that late 1800s saloon feel. Really fucking smart. Watching them be who they are at that point. Paul is, holy shit, Paul's a good piano player. Wow. It's, it's like he had been playing it every day for years and years and years. And at the same time, you have Lennon, who's the same way. Lennon's jamming on that Fender Rhodes they have big time, and he's killing it on the guitar. But he's just, his head is just elsewhere. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is. He's, anytime he talks, he's basically drawn down to proverbs and goofs and and jokes. And there's this part where Paul and John, they're sitting in these director chairs. Peter Sellers comes and meets them and it's just this nothing it's just peter sellers it's this weird awkward thing that he eventually leaves from because john and paul are kind of having this weird hidden argument where paul's saying that they need a structure they need schedules and lennon is speaking in proverbs and lyrics and he's just deadpanning the camera he was beyond sick of media and attention at this point i think that that's ultimately what killed the beatles but I think Paul was just fucking bummed. Even even towards the end, they have this really great day where they work out a couple of just brilliant, you know, some of the most famous songs of rock of all time. And everybody's happy and Paul's in this funk. And you can see it in his face. He's fucking bummed. And I really think he was bummed because he knew it was over. It, he just felt it. Lennon had one foot out the door. I know it's cliche and I know everybody picks on it and it's not fair. But man, I fucking hate Yoko she's always fucking there. I didn't realize it was that bad, but there's not a part of this nine hour documentary where she isn't touching John. I said it in the first episode. I just can't imagine trying to create with their fucking girlfriend right in front of your face with them the whole time. I have so much respect for Paul, George and Ringo for how much they let it slide off their back. Well, the only other thing that I, I am surprised that they haven't touched on at all, I guess they didn't want to really touch that part, but for those of you that have seen other documentaries and that know the Beatles, know that they, at this point in time, there were a lot of hard drugs in their lives. 
There was a lot of alcohol. There was a lot of cocaine. And not only do you not see it anywhere, because obviously, I mean, I'm sure that the movies are going to keep that from you and getting rights from these families. They don't really act like it. You can definitely tell that Lennon's stoned a lot. And Ringo is, I think, just pot. But I was surprised at how much I couldn't tell they were on what they were on because they were on a ton of stuff at this point. And then the last thing I'll touch on is how well of a job Peter Jackson did it. The moment that their producer comes in, you can't hear him saying it because they're playing music, but he comes in and he gets on his knees and he goes to talk to Paul because they're, they're struggling figuring out where they're going to do this live concert at the end. And through text on the monitor, you can see that this is when he's giving him the idea of the rooftop building and they hit slow-mo and Paul's face just lights up like crazy. Like the best idea he's ever heard. And this is that same night that he's really feeling bummed out. Peter Jackson did a great job with that. And that's part two. I really do love this documentary. It's really long and I can see where if you're not a musician or you're not really into structure of song or writing where this would be super boring for you because out of the three hour episodes, I'd say at least an hour and a half to two hours is just them dinking around these songs, trying to figure it out. But if you are at all a musician or have ever been in a band or want to be, check it out. It's awesome. That is it for this episode. Bonus episode two. Join us for bonus episode three next week. We're going to talk about what we've been listening on our quote unquote time off. That's it. We've had some time off. We have no musical assignments. We get to listen to whatever we want. I am excited to hear what Rach, Evil, and Sven have been listening to. We're also going to talk part three, the final part of Get Back, just you and I. I'm excited for it. Versecourseverse.com at versecourseversepod. Do the rates and review or whatever you can. Been getting a lot of love now that the season's ending. I'm recording this towards the end of our finale. Getting a lot of love. DMs, write-ins, posts, emails. I'm just very humbled. I honestly never thought more than maybe 60 people would ever listen to this. And we have a lot of listeners now. And it, it really hasn't sunk in for me yet. But... I am beyond grateful to every single person. And as you know, as you've seen, if you write me, I'm going to write you back. And not only that, but we'll probably build some form of friendship. That's how much each and every person that listens to this means to me. Thank you. Honestly, truly, thank you. I hope you have a great week. Good night and good luck. Just so we're clear, I, did, I had a family member say something to me about that. Uh, yeah. I do know that that's Edward R. Murrow's sign-off, okay? I know where good night and good luck came from, and I, I'm not just trying to steal it. To me, using good night and good luck is kind of a play on two things. It's a play on the fact that I'm pretending to have any sort of journalistic integrity, because if, if you don't know who Edward R. Murrow is, he's kind of the totem for journalistic integrity. He was the TV broadcaster that stood up to the Red Scare, and no, I don't take myself that seriously. It's quite the opposite. It is uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek because this is such a ridiculous avenue that I'm speaking to you on while drinking and talking vast opinion over fact. With that said, if any of you have a problem with it, write me 
and maybe I'll change it. I don't know. Good luck and good night. Good morning, Vietnam. That's original, right? I think I'm just going to leave it there.